love meeting a new customer. Come on in. Everybody, welcome back to Bob's Tavern Cast, the show that's all about Hearthstone Battlegrounds. Live from Bob's Tavern, I am your bartender Jay, and I am your bartender Don. And before we jump into our topic for today, we got to thank those that support us over at Patreon.Bob'sTavern.Pub. So let's raise a glass and toast to our patrons. Here's a toast to the patrons of the tavern who support our adventures. <laughs> and drink our mead. Don, how's your uh, how's your week been going? Um, it's been an interesting week. It's it's been not as crazy as the last few weeks. Not as busy, um, but it's been it's been good overall. I've gotten to play some standard. I've gotten to play some battlegrounds. Um do my normal podcasts all that and back to streaming so that's been good um yeah so i guess nothing one way or the other to report which you know i'll take it but um how about you i hope that things have been well on your end you know they've been pretty good and the in-between weeks of patches and all of those things tend to give us kind of that time to catch up on things. Um, I know that we don't spend, you know, days upon days of, of prep work into this, but there is a lot to think about when something new happens in Hearthstone and we're like, oh, we got to cover this. So let's play a bunch of games and chill and and like write stuff down and take notes and look at the the discord and all of these other things. This week is just been relaxing it's been i took a couple of days off from work i i like did some other work for fun and i I know that sounds kind of weird work for fun but yeah i'd do it um a lot of interviews for my other shows and now i'm just ready to talk about some uh battlegrounds so i'm gonna let i'm gonna actually kind of take a back seat for you on this one because you got the topic so uh, by all means, go go on and uh, let everyone know what we're talking about here. Sure. All right. So I guess I'll preface this by saying uh, I have seen this tweet go out by uh, F2K Victor, who kind of gamer tag is like, I, I think most people just call him 12 wins. Uh, very high MMR, you know, on the leaderboards a lot. But he put out this tweet saying, BG Wisdoms. When doing lobby checks, look at the top more and think about how to beat them instead of looking at the bottom and hope for a ghost. So I thought this was kind of a interesting piece of wisdom that I thought would be good for us to talk about and kind of the strategy and thinking behind it. Um, I think, I, I guess I'll, I'll start. Um, I, the way I'm looking at this is a little bit more general. And I've been trying to practice it in my last handful of Battlegrounds, and it's been pretty successful so far. Um, Pretty much throughout the whole game, whoever is at the top, I kind of just look at usually like the top two or three people, probably like three, and I just look and see what it says that they're playing. Dragons, Murlocs, whatever. 
and I just kind of think about, okay, is there a certain thing that does well or that I should pay attention to versus those? Um, you know, or, oh, if I see like all three of the top people are playing beasts and we're at tier four, hey, there's probably uh, some cleave type effects I need to be paying attention to. And that that really impacts my placement. So I don't think about it in terms of what have they done or any specifics. Really, I just kind of look at it pretty generally. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll start with that. But what what do you think of this this tweet and this idea? So my initial thought was yes and um, like yes, look at what the person's doing. But I think if you're just looking at the top, you can kind of push yourself into a bad position if you're not looking at the entire landscape. Uh, one of the things that I thought about as you were as you were talking was what happens if everybody is trying to do the same thing to beat the, the top person or the top couple of people? And we used to see this a lot when Murlocs were a huge problem. It was like no one really cared. Everyone just tried to get Murlocs. So it kind of made the entire Murloc experience weaker. So if if you see someone going like, you know, death rattle beasts and you're like, well, how do I stop death rattle beast comps? And you're like, well, I just need poison Murlocs. And you see like three other people going Murlocs. That's kind of putting yourself in a bad position because sure, you might be able to beat that one person with like a couple of poisons from Toxfins and, you know, some of like Felfin Navigators or whatever. But at the same time, you're going to struggle against everybody else. So while that top person might be first now, you always have to be kind of examining the battlefield like as a whole, like what's the situation of what's going on and how can I position myself for the best outcome possible? And then I think the other side of that is what is your goal in this game? Because, you know, we've talked about this before where I'm currently playing with the two hero option. So for me, I have to go in with the mindset of I'm not going to take first this game. I want to get a solid fourth, solid third, solid second, and I can dip out and do, you know, and be fine with that. If you're, if, you know, the top person is you know, the Lich King, then you have to think about, okay, what is, why is he up front? Well, he's up front because he's generally just a strong hero right now. They also have a really incredible early game. So thinking about like, okay, there's not really much I can do to prepare against this. So what I can do is start investing towards my late game strategy. What what can I do to, to make sure that when it comes down to the, I call it like the big, the cleavening almost where like three people get eliminated at once. I'm not one of those three people. And a lot of that can just be making picks that don't necessarily seem like they're countering the Lich King, but they're setting it up so that when I lose, I only lose a couple of points instead of, you know, trying to one shot the Lich King and then all of a sudden like getting wrecked by everything else out there. Yeah, the, that's a good point. And I don't know, I guess when I read this, like, I'm not thinking 
about, oh, only look at the top person and think about the exact comp that they have, like, especially if you're not facing them. I, I think the way that I'm looking at that is, you know, like I said, I look at the top two, three, sometimes even just the top four people. And I just kind of see the general, because you'll see some games where those top three people throughout the game, I mean, it, it will vary, but you'll see it change. Or there's some games where like all three of the top people are dragons or, or whatever, or all three are pirates. So then obviously it's like, well, okay, then I can't go pirates. And maybe that does change your game plan. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I it's too hard, I think, to look at just one person specifically and think of how you can beat exactly what they have. I just don't think there's really... In, unless you're in, like, the top two and you've faced them one or two times already, then you kind of can. But for most of the game, it's so hard to do that. But I don't know. For me, I feel like the games in the past where I've tried to watch what everybody is doing and oh, there's four people going Murlocs. And the, I, I don't know, for me, that's too overwhelming. And I think I get too caught up in focusing on that. <laughs> and then I start not, not paying attention to what's available to me. Well, and we haven't really talked about it since our Get Good episode, but the the idea of taking what the board is giving you and making the best out of it, I think that can also translate into taking making the best out of like the opponents that you're being presented against. I still have the same issue to where it's like, I face the same opponents, you know, out of eight people, I'll face five of those eight. And there's just like two that I never face until like the end. And I'm like, I can spend all day preparing to face them. And then it never happened and be like, well, I died. So this kind of sucks. Um, the other thing with that though, is, I mean, it talks here about like not hoping for a ghost, I kind of want to talk about that. So like when you do get a ghost, what are you doing with that turn? Because I, I think that that's where I mess up a lot. I almost feel like you should always just level up. Like anytime you have a ghost, if you know that you can win with your existing board state, just level up. Because I feel like no matter what you do, unless you get like a couple of goldens, there's nothing that you can do that turn that's going to make you win more, but you can get an advantage on the next round. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I think what he's saying here is not like some people will try to, okay, if I do this thing, then I'll be pretty weak and I'll, I can force myself to lose the next two fights and then face a ghost and I, I don't think that's a good strategy. I don't think you should be like going in with that. Overthinking the process. I, I have seen it and heard it. Yeah, I, there, I don't know. Me personally, I just, yeah, like you said, overthinking. I think that's way too much. But I think people get caught up in that. Like, if I lose, I can face a ghost, and then I can have a really big, powerful turn when I face that ghost. And I, I don't think that's the kind of strategy you want to go for. Um, I, I also think one thing: if you're looking to at, at the top players and kind of thinking about how can I beat these top players? What kinds of decisions can I make to help me get into that top four to help me do better against the top players? I mean, if you can even draw or ideally beat the few players who are at the top, then 
you're not really worried about the people at the bottom, right? Because you're probably going to beat them anyways. I feel like they're generally going to be weaker. Now, that's not 100% of the time, of course. It's, but I, I feel like if you're if you're looking more at the top and you're figuring out how to do better against the better players than against the weaker ones, there's not really a competition. I don't know. I hope that makes sense. I think it does. And I think the other pushback that I'll have, you know, towards this this post is this is coming from someone that is in the top 1% of players. So while I while I know that some of the people in our audience are truly amazing at Battlegrounds and we have people in our Discord that are like that as well that probably face, you know, 12 wins and and folks like that all the time. I'm not one of those people. And I'm definitely not in the like the lower low percentage of players, but I'm not in the highest. So I also have to play towards beating the the types of opponents that I'm going to get, which in some cases are the people that are like hoping for, you know, Bigglesworth to pop off or getting Flurgle and still trying to force poison Murlocs and things like that. Like, I think that there's a lot to say about who you're playing because I often see the people that are first place for the like for the majority of the game are usually not the people that win the game. It's often the people that are at the bottom that are saying like, okay, what are they doing that's causing them to tank so much? And it's like, oh, they're rushing to level five so that they can get Bran and like get their Murloc stuff to work out or they're rushing to six so that they can get Goldrin for Death Rattle Beast. It's like, I don't think that there's value in looking at any particular spot because it does change so frequently. You have to be able to ad- address, again, the entire state of the game and who's doing what and basically come to the assumption of why because that's when you can start to say like, okay, this person's going to be scary in three turns and I'm not facing him this turn, but I am probably going to face them, you know, in a turn or two because it's been a minute. How do I protect myself from that? And I think that's where, again, there's a lot of overthinking it. I still think that the best thing that you can do is look at what is the board giving you and what's the optimal strategy at this turn? Do I level up? Do I, you know, re-roll a couple of times to go for a triple? Do I just try to replace weaker minions with stronger minions on my board? Uh, do I use my hero power? Like, I think if if you're only looking at how do I beat whoever's at the top now, or even the few people that are at the top now, I think you run the risk of winning the battle but losing the war. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way of looking at it. Um, I think I just, this was a very interesting tweet, I feel like, and something that, I thought it was a, a good topic that we could talk about and discuss different strategies. And and like you mentioned, you know, yeah, he is kind of at at that high, high level, whereas I think most people are not. So there's there has to be something to it, but I think it's only one little piece of of improving and you know learning and growing with battlegrounds. So um, let's talk about kind of the next thing, I guess, which you've kind of already alluded to before, but looking at 
like these specific heroes that you're facing against and a little bit about how things have changed. You already kind of mentioned Lich King all of a sudden. I mean, before we talked about how good like Yodora was at the top and, and now all of a sudden HS replay shows tier one as being the Lich King and Maiev. And I've also heard a lot of people, I, the HS replay stats don't completely reflect it. So I'm not sure, but a lot of people are also really high on Millhouse right now that I've seen kind of at the, mm -hmm. at the higher level. And, um, Edwin, a lot of people are liking Edwin. Yeah. And, and these are both, you know, Millhouse and Edwin are both tier two heroes at the moment. Um, I think, not not to bring in drama from from standard, but there is this wave of like delete priests, you know, bad bad experience, you know, all all of those things that are being talked about. And I think this is what we're seeing with Edwin and Millhouse to where their numbers aren't necessarily like eye popping amazing. Like I mean, like I said, Edwin is a very consistent hero. He's he's very likely to get second, third, and fourth. Um, same thing with Millhouse. Well, Millhouse is kind of a middle-of-the-road hero. I think what is happening is when you select these options, you feel like you're doing better, not necessarily are doing better. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think that, that you can have a really good balanced hero, like Kelthos right now. He is at the top of Tier 2, um, like just under Tier 1. And he has kind of that same curve that Edwin has. And I love playing Kelthos. I think Kelthos is a very strong hero. I think right now what we are seeing is there are a few heroes that are currently doing amazing with what's available to them. And if we look at those two heroes specifically of Edwin and Milhouse, it's all about APM. If you think about it, it's, these are two heroes that benefit from buying more minions. The more minions you buy, the better off you are. If you're going APM pirates and you have Millhouse, that is, you're getting, if you have a golden hogger, you're getting paid to buy minions. Like it's, it's actually like they're free. You can just purchase them. It, it works. And that's, I think something that's going to have to be addressed over time, but I don't think is necessarily too big of a deal at the moment. Um, in terms of the changes, Lich King and Maiev at the top, Maiev has been strong. I know when it, when uh, she first came out, I was like, ah, oh, Maiev, you know, I think it's going to be great. And she kind of wasn't. And then it took some nerfing of other things and now she's awesome. Um, and then the Lich King we talked about last episode, like the Lich King is good because hero power is zero. I think that'll get changed in the next patch. It'll go to one or something and it'll go right back down to the bottom. Um, so I think they're going to have to do something about Lich King. I don't think it's fun to play against. Um, I think it's really fun to play because you win. Uh, but I I personally feel like right now Battlegrounds is more about how it feels to play it than the statistics of playing in terms of what I'm seeing and what people are talking about, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. That's, 
That's interesting. I guess I hadn't really considered that because to me, I feel like it's pretty balanced. I mean, other than I guess, yeah, maybe if Lich King was one, like you said, but I mean, looking at the stats, even like for Maiev, who is doing really well. Okay, yeah, first places it's showing. And again, this is what, uh, the top 50%. So if you are at 6,300 or above MMR, it's showing Maiev has a 78% pick rate and first place 23.27% of the time, which is pretty high. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I personally feel like it's a bit more balanced than it has been for quite a while. Well, and I think that here's where I, I've made this statement before when I said that your hero power shouldn't necessarily matter. The games where I've picked some of where I've only been <laughs> given these tier four heroes as options and I'm still able to pull out a second, you know, third or fourth place finish. It's because I'm just genuinely not using the hero power like hardly at all. I got second place with Bran earlier today and I went death rattle beasts like Bran hero power battle cries my board. Death rattles, like it. It was. I, I think I used the hero power maybe once, and that was just to kind of re-roll my board at like the early game. Other than that, I just played with what the board gave me, and I think that the problem that they have at the moment is that the hero powers do too much. They just do a lot. I think that at the end of the day if they want this to be really balanced, we can, not all the hero powers, but we can a good majority of them and just make them kind of an attachment onto the game and not the focus of the game. I think that's, and I I feel like we've talked about something like this before, but it's, it's weird because I feel like if you, if you weaken them too much or make the hero powers too irrelevant, then like it almost feels like, why do you have different heroes? Why do you have the hero powers? You know, like what's the point of them then? Anyways. I, I think the hero powers at the beginning, or sorry, I think the heroes added at the beginning were a mistake personally. I think that what they could have done was just say, you have you, you know, you have this person and they could even use the sticker emote like people to play those characters and it literally be like you're just picking minions on the board. I think that that would have been a better option than saying now it's all a, it's all based on the hero that you pick. And I think that you could even do stuff like have set your avatar, set it to where like you're playing all these B tier like characters. And then if you want to spend gold or spend money, you can change that to a customizable skin that is a hero. But at the end of the day, it's all based on the minions that are being presented. And I, I think at the end of the day, like they've kind of, I don't want to say they've made a problem with the heroes, but I think that ultimately the heroes have to become less of a big deal. Otherwise, they'll always have that problem. Yep. I completely agree with you. I, I think 
we've seen this again, you know, this isn't a standard podcast, but we do kind of give examples comparing to standard a lot. But I feel like in a way, it's kind of like Demon Hunter, right? When they first put Demon Hunter out, it was way too strong. And they mm-hmm. kind of had to to nerf it a lot. They've had to really scale it back. And part of that is they if if they didn't make it strong enough and exciting enough from the start, it wasn't going to pull in people's attention, right? And so from the get-go, they wanted to make it this this big, awesome, like flashy thing. And I think that that is exactly what they did with Battlegrounds. Like you said, that with all of this starting, you know the heroes and just battlegrounds in general. And they've had to over time now scale it back to actually make it feel more balanced and make it not feel as swingy or crazy or as bad to play against or things like that. And I I don't know if that is the best way to go about things. It seems like that's what they did, but in a way I'm wondering because for those who may not know with standard, they actually know like a full year ahead of time is when they are, are doing the development. So like we had this set that just dropped, they were already working on Scalamance last year. So they already had demon hunter way ahead of time. Now I think they were on a shorter time limit. If I remember with battlegrounds, like from the kind of conception of it to when they like announced and released it, it was like what six months or something, which is insanely fast. But it feels like almost in that same time frame of the development with that and Demon Hunter, I, I would think. So I wonder if that time frame in development they were going on this plan of just let's make this really exciting if it's too too much or too strong we can we can do some nerfs we can scale things back but i'm not sure if that's the best way to go about things and i wonder if we are going to see changes and i feel like we already have we've kind of talked about this the last several episodes i feel like but they've been making kind of more micro changes in both standard and battlegrounds i think and i think that is a much more appropriate way to go about things. It's kind of making smaller changes instead of making these big, crazy changes. And then like, oh, let's hope it's good. Like, no, no, don't do that. You know, I, I just looked at some of the other auto battlers and I think other than TFT, and I don't know because I've never played TFT, but all of the other primary auto battlers don't have that hero component. So it's it's something that they chose to add in, not something that was necessarily necessary, I guess. Um, so I, I wonder, like, yeah, the cat's out of the bag. Now you done you done let him out. How you can't you can't take it away from us, but I, I think that at the end of the day they have to dial it down. I mean it. I don't know. I, I just wonder, like, how how do you do it in a way that's still fun? And and one of the things that I thought about was, like, it would have been cool had there been, like, hero drops in the game to where almost like when you have um, 
Jaraxxus, like in standard, where it literally just takes over and then changes what you're doing. I feel like that would have even been better if it had just been like you start out with nothing. And then like when you hit a certain level, you get, you know, a hero might show up on your board or like when you hit level five, you get to choose a hero. And that's when you start getting the added perks and all of the perks are passives, like something like that. I think that would have been a really cool way to to do it so that you have that whole you're a hero, you do all this stuff, but it be like not overwhelming from turn one. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, I think part of why they had to go with the heroes and stuff, though, is it's just it kind of already fit the Hearthstone thing. And even if you look at a lot of other card games in general, I, I feel like Hearthstone was the first if I'm not mistaken, to actually do like specific heroes, you know, I mean, magic, you have the colors and you can combine them, you know, or there's, you know, Pokemon, you have certain colors in a way, but Hearthstone was the first to kind of do these heroes and tie that in. So I think they kind of stuck with that theme with Battlegrounds. And it's hard because it's, it is so different from the other auto battlers because of that. So how, you know, and the fact that there, there's a little bit more kind of RNG, I think, than other auto battlers because of the way that the tavern stuff works. But yeah, I, I I don't know how much they can or will end up changing that aspect of it. I don't I don't think they will. Um, I mean, I think it like you said, it, it's kind of fundamental to Hearthstone as a whole. Um, that said, I mean, there have been other game games like commander there's more than one way to win like and it, it focuses a lot on a single card um even with i thought with magic the gathering they had like they introduced these i forgot what they're called now but base basically they were like uh, monsters that were like heroes essentially oh like planeswalkers yes thank you that yeah <laughs> um this isn't a magic podcast so so yeah, like I think that there there could have been other ways to do it. I think that this is an example of Blizzard wanting to stick to their Blizzardness and how they've always done things. And I don't think that that's necessarily a problem. I think you just have to accept the problems that come with it, and this is one of them. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, and. Kind of, I guess, along the lines of when they are so far ahead in development. And then, yeah, like you mentioned, problems come along after the fact. How do they combine the original stuff, the old ideas with the new stuff? And how do they how do they strike that balance and find ways to incorporate all of it? And I, I think the answer is they can't. They can't incorporate all of it. I mean, it's. There, there's a lot of situations like that in life. Like you can't have it all. So where are you making the sacrifices? And I, I feel like with the hero powers, one of two things is going to happen. Either they have to scale back the ones that are too strong and make everything pretty, meh, not very exciting, or they have to bump up all the ones that aren't exciting and they make everything just do a lot. Well, I, I think the, answer with that is what does blizzard want to be do they want to be an arbiter of chaos or an arbiter of order i guess because <laughs> uh, i mean you, if we think about it every time they've done something 
it's always like we're going to swing the pendulum in a really far direction. And then they always like let it swing back to neutral over time. And it's like I would almost like I just wonder like what it would look like. I mean, we saw what Blizzard could do with these like mid patch updates and them increasing the frequency of making those little changes. Why can't we just say like, here's a here's kind of a dialed down meta even in battlegrounds or standard or whatever, you know, game mode you're playing and say if we see that the game isn't as strong as it was before, let's bump them up, let's make things stronger and and go from there instead of we have to generate excitement for this this new thing by making it way overpowered. Yeah, and I I do wonder if part of that hesitation is that it seems like over the, over Hearthstone's history, they've always leaned towards making things powerful and then nerfing them. And what only once have we ever really seen them buff things? And then they and then it, the buff. <laughs> then it was the yeah. Well, and and the things that they they buffed up were yeah were also like I said they swung the pendulum and they made. You know, instead of where they were like not played, then they made them the the things that everybody hated playing against. And I, I wonder if they're hesitant to do buff type things again because the the bad reception from that, or I don't know. I, I think I would just like to see more of both instead of always just here's these super strong things and then. Dial it back, dial it back, dial it back, dial it back. Yep, only time will tell, and we'll we'll see. Of course, this we always tell people this game is still in beta, so still beta. If if they wanted to, they could completely change the game. Which, oh man, I, I feel like HS Replay would like go be so mad. Like they would, they would literally just like break everything. And I, I, I talk about this a lot that I feel like. Saying that the game is in beta is kind of a a misnomer there. Like, I don't feel like the game is in beta anymore, honestly, because I I just feel like it's really, really, really bad if you have people building things based off of an unstable system. And that's including Blizzard. Blizzard, you know, they're hosting tournaments. They have an entire like website that or a webpage that is like focused on all of this information that they have to update on a regular basis. And it's like, if they wanted to, they could have dialed everything down a little bit and been like, yo, this is in beta. We're focusing on game development. The only thing you're going to see here are patch notes and just left it at that. And to me, this has the same spit and polish as a finalized game mode. It has the same problems that, you know, the main game has. So it's like, if, if this is still in beta, all of Hearthstone is probably still in beta then. Yeah, that's a fair point. Okay, well, well, let's move into a quick question about that, and then we can start wrapping up or move on, whatever. Um, I have my idea. What I want to hear from you first. What do you think is the point, if you feel like it's not in beta, what do you think is the point for you where it switched out of beta? When they started asking for money. Okay, I'm, that's, I mean, that, that's a fair point. 
on. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like betas tend to be free. They tend to be invited. They tend to be closed. It's like how many betas have they been like, give us your money and then we'll let you play it or give us your money and we'll let you play all of it with all the features like that never happens. So I feel yeah. like I feel like them saying beta, like they have just forgotten to do the press release. It says, oh, this is finished and it's live now i would be really upset because they were talking about a new game mode if the new game mode was them just taking the beta flag off of battlegrounds oh my god that would be a little terrible i hope that the that's not it i feel um, like people would there there would be a lot of uh hashtag like uninstall hearthstone like stuff yeah. going on then oh yes the the pitchforks would be a plenty at that point um, Fire up okay. the Reddit hate machine, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, well, so when was that? Because I, I was going to say, I think about the time when they put all of the dragons, like that huge dragon patch for me is... To, for me, that was like, it's not in beta anymore. This is like the first expansion, in a, in a way, if you want to look at it that way. Like, you know, we're adding a bunch of stuff. We're putting in these new things. We're really focused on this. This is... It's live like that. That for me was when I think did the before that right is when the the pass came out. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, because dragons came or no, what came after? Well, because didn't didn't the dragons come partway through? Like the December is when yeah December is when the expansion came out, but then they didn't add. The dragon stuff until halfway through it. Halfway through, yeah. yeah. But with the Galic, no, not the Galicrand Awakening. Before then, right? With the expansion Descent that came of, out in December. I it was Descent of, Descent of Dragons. Was when yeah. It came out. Well, that's when they did the 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 pass and stuff, right? Why, why are we questioning this when we can just go look it up? Hold on. <laughs> because because uh, we're Hearthstone players. We do everything the difficult way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they had a tavern pass. Because if you bottle the... I don't think they had a tavern pass for the Descent of Dragons release. Because what would you have I been buying? The Descent of Dragon packs, right? Isn't that when they put it out? If you had, no, they started with just if you acquired the packs, you unlocked like the stats and stuff, right? Yeah, because bonus stats, you'll now be able to do this. And it's like, uh, let's see. By the way, this is the 16.2 patch. We covered it. This was the introduction of Tyrion Fordring. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So all they did was add your minion lineup history. You'll now be able to see it as of the recruit phase immediately before you won or lost. Um, the end matchmaking game adjustments bug fixes there and I think that was just it was just there it doesn't say anything about uh, which is kind of weird because they gave it away for free and then they took it away that that's strange 
Oh, no, 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 no. I think it came with if you bought that pass. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it was. Yeah, I think it started with if you just... The if you just patch. acquired packs, you unlocked stuff, but then they introduced, you actually got more, like, with the pass. Because at first it was just packs, so if you did tavern brawls and got a pack, you were unlocking stuff for Battlegrounds. Yeah, I think you're right. And then later they introduced the actual pass. Yep. I I think you are correct. I think the first pass came out with Ashes of Outland. Yeah. And then so yeah, at the at the beginning of the year is when I think that it was no longer in beta. Oh yeah, introducing the Tavern Pass. Okay, found it. It was the Ashes of Outlands expansion where they they introduced the Tavern Pass with the release of Ashes of Outlands we're introducing a Tavern Pass. An all new way to access perks for battlegrounds available for twenty dollars or twenty five hundred gold. The Tavern Pass includes four arena tickets and the following Battlegrounds perks. So it's just like, hmm, <laughs> like, huh. So that was in like March. March. Okay. Yeah. So I guess for you, that, that was the time. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I think that it was ready to be out of beta around that time anyway. Um, they had introduced dragons already, so at that point, it's like, did they? Can we just, yeah, I believe so. I thought that came after. When did? <laughs> okay, my timeline must be all messed up. It oh would have been gosh. in the 17.0 patch. It had it. Ashes of Outland 17.0. Illidan. Yeah, they had already. This is when they announced Deflecto Bot and Dragons Navigator. Yeah, Dragons Dragons entered Battlegrounds in February. Okay. Yeah. So. Yep. So I guess we're pretty close. I I feel like maybe, you know, um, within a month ish. Yeah. That that we feel like so probably around the same time we feel like it it came out of beta. Yeah, so I mean I'm just saying like get rid of the get rid of the banner like call it what it is. I mean you're unless you're gonna really change like a fundamental way of doing it, stop being scared and just just say it's live. Yeah, I I have nothing else to add. All right. I think we can wrap it up there, too. Um, special thanks to, to once again to our patron, Dr. Fish, who uh, joined us on last week's episode. It was great. Had a great response to that. And um, just overall, he did a really good job helping us go through all of those uh, changes. And a thank you to all of our other patrons that support us. If you want to join them, you can do so at patreon.bobstavern.pub. Uh, you can also talk to us in our Discord. We have a, a very bump in Discord right now. A lot of people are... Uh, posting those perfect games uh oh man i always always get like imposter syndrome when i'm sitting in there because it's like we have some really amazing players and stuff but if you want to join that uh you can do so there'll be a link in the show notes and also thank you don for kind of taking the lead on this one Uh, i mean you brought the topics and all the things to talk about so thank you so much for that and letting me enjoy my vacation 
Oh, absolutely. So I, I guess I'll be the first to say, so if you want to uh, hang out or chat with me or do any of that stuff, uh, you can do so on Twitter. I'm at KJY Miller. And I don't know if I'll be streaming again anytime soon, because right now it's just a thousand degrees in this office. So um, that's even at night. So my schedule might change a little bit as it starts to heat up. But once it cools down, I will I will be back at it. But yeah, KJY Miller on Twitter. You'll see what I'm doing and all the things that I'm working on there as well. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, a uh, quick shout out as well, talking about bringing the topic. I also brought the topic this past week for uh, the Dr. 3, Dr. 3 HS podcast that I'm part of now. We talk all about standard Hearthstone. And I brought the topic of uh, strategies all about... Uh, improving and learning and growing in Hearthstone uh, when you are limited for time, which it was a really great episode there as well. So if you're interested in hearing more from me about Standard, check out, uh, you can find that on Twitter, Dr3HS. Uh, also, you can find me casting Supergirl Gamer Pro. We have a couple more weeks and then the championship the first Friday of October. So that's been sweet. Uh, and then... Yeah, on Twitter, Donnie DK, that's D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K. And on Twitch streaming, trying, getting back into it. Now things are good, but for, um, you can find me there, twitch.tv slash DK. And I think that is it for us from the tavern. So, you know, if you didn't finish your drink, you better slurp it down really fast and then get the heck out of here. Good night. Welcome back, Casino. Now, nobody this time. Please leave your weapons outside, Hawkeye. You know the rules. Welcome, Krasiki. Your dark corner is ready for brooding. Eudora. We have to have a little chat about your tab. I didn't know you were in town, Chew. Still cracking heads? You are a diamond in the rough, Always a pleasure.